Really glad you are here. I'm Pastor Marshall. Most of you know that. Um, if this is your first time visiting with us, you are our honored guests. We are so glad that you're here. I'm glad to be home. Woo-wee! Seven-hour trip when you had this grandbaby due. We were like a week late, but we got there. Um, I'm so glad that Jason was able to accommodate me and uh, accommodate Jesus and fly in for the weekend so I can go away. Um, you know, it's hard to do ministry when it's just you leading the way by yourself and he's over there. But prayerfully, he'll be here full time in October. Um, looking forward to that. And um, so we have some more help on the way. So we're excited. We're excited. A grandbaby was, uh, oh, man, our, our second grandbaby actually within this year. We had one last year, Stella, and now we have Naya. I just don't feel like it. I was telling the guy at the grocery store the other day, you know, um, I, I go to this one store and they see me all the time. And I'm talking to everybody, Shannon, when I'm in the store. You know, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, just being my own self. And the guy said, I haven't seen you in a while. I said, hey, I just got back in town. Uh, my grandbaby um, was born in South Carolina. My, my daughter's down there. And yeah, yeah, it's my second one. And he's like, grandbaby, you don't look like a grandfather. I was like, ah, no, I don't. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, as I shaved all the gray off the sides and just leave the dark patch. <laughs> but anyway, so we have three daughters and we have two granddaughters now. Um, all these girls in my life, I have a Rottweiler, that's my favorite dog, and even my, my dog is a female. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's my thought, it's my theology that, you know, when God loves a man, he puts many females in his life. That's my story, bro, I'm sticking to it. When he loves you, when he loves a man, he'll put many females in his life. So um, I'm so happy to be able to have uh, all these girls, all these women in my life, and uh, all you, the church family, extended family, thank you all for being a part of our lives um, and making, making our lives functional. So during the brief time this morning that we have together, I want to talk to you about um, two women in history. One in particular will, will stand out, and I'm going to do a two-part series um, today, starting a two-part series today, this week and next week, um, just to highlight Women's History Month, okay, and how women are, are, are functional in ministry. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the time that we have. Lord, I've studied, but I need your strength. I've prayed, Lord, but I yet still need your power. Father, would you illuminate the scriptures for us, for our understanding? I don't want to give information, Lord. I want to give understanding this morning. So illuminate the scriptures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, all right. So I'm excited about our, our new series this morning that we're going to start. Our new series is going to go for two weeks, part one, part two. Today's part one, of, of course. Um, we're, we're talking from the new series called Great Expectations. Everybody say great, great. Expectations. expectations. Expectations are the reason why we're here. Do you have great expectations? We have, we have low expectations when it comes to certain little things we want to do. But when it comes to God, when it comes to what we want God to do, we have great expectations. Am I right about it? If you don't have great expectations about God, you, you have the wrong God, okay? If you don't have great expectations about what God can do, then you minimize his effect in your life. And so what are expectations, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Expectations are a strong belief that something will happen. Expectations are the reason why we're here. It's a strong belief that something will happen if you have expectations, um, and if I can share a story with you from the t uh, before we go into the text, uh, I'm, I'm going to extend my little intro out a little bit longer. If I can share a story with you. Last week, before we were 
well, as we were preparing to go on our trip, we stopped by the grocery store. I had got a rental car. You know, my car's got so many miles on it. Now I'm like, I better get a rental car just in case. I'm going seven hours down the road. So we got a rental car, and I felt pretty good, you know. Jordan, I upgraded my, my rental car to a SUV. I thought I was doing something. And so we're getting some groceries and some things to take down for the, for the new grandbaby and stuff. And we're getting to the rental car, and Lexi says, hey, Dad, pop the, pop the trunk, you know, the, the latch in the back. I got an SUV. Pop the latch. And so I'm, I'm hitting the button, and the, and, the, and the lights are flashing, the doors are unlocking, but the rear is not opening like in my car. You know, I got miles on it, but my car has got the little stuff. And, and so Lexi's like, Dad, hit the trunk. And I'm getting closer to the car, and I'm like, I am. But it, I said, sweetie, it, it doesn't open. She's like, oh, my gosh. You mean, Dad, I got I to gotta, I gotta manually lift it? Uh, she said, is this the 1900s? This 11-year-old is something else. Is this the 1900s? I'm like, what do you expect? I said, yeah, the, yes, put your little hip, put your hips over there in front of that car and lift the back, and we'll put our stuff in there. And so she was like, oh, my gosh, Dad, what kind of car did you get? I said, the SUV, and it's new. We're going down there. We're going to be fine. But isn't it just like us when, when, when it comes to expectations? Don't we often expect God to make our lives easier? We do. We expect God to do the things that makes our lives comfortable. As a church, we're saying we're a church to, that we want to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Am I at the right church? I know I was at Relentless last week watching John Gray, and he was turning it up. He was tearing that message up. But this is my church. We want to be comfortable being uncomfortable. But sometimes we expect God to make our lives easier. We have an expectation for God and our expectation of God is greater than the example I just gave you. It's greater than Lexi's example. Um, we at 11 years old, she's already used to certain things, and you are used to certain things. When you pray to God, you expect Him to answer it, right? But what about when He delays your answer? How's your relationship then? When you when you ask for something, He don't give it to you right away, or yet. What is your relationship? Like with that God, then we're used to certain things. Uh, when it comes to God, we believe that we're good people, so I expect you to do good things. If I can push it a little further, when it comes to God, we feel like because we're good Christians, I go to church, I'm faithful, I got, I got Christian friends, I give a little something, something. You know, we, we, we expect because we're good Christians, God, you're going to do good things. We, we expect that the, the because, because we, we, are, um, we are faithful to God and, 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 and we expect to see tangible results for our trust. We expect to see tangible results for our trust. How do you serve a God and he never does anything for you? What if God delays what he's going to give for your benefit? For your benefit. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. Somebody's been waiting on some stuff. Can, can I get a witness? I, I have my hand. Up. You know, I, I was waiting to go to North Carolina. The baby was born, and we came a whole week later. Uh, how many of us are waiting on God to do some stuff? All right, I'm in good company this morning. Our faith has an expectation to it, church. Our faith has an expectation to it. But sometimes our expectations are unrealistic. Oh, Y'all got to talk back to me this morning. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm glad to see everybody. I, I, I'm pumped. I'm trying to calm down. 
And sometimes our, our expectations are unrealistic. Sometimes our expectations are realistic, but we're uncommunicative to God with it. We, we, we don't really tell him what we want. Oh. And some, sometimes our expectations are realistic, communicative, but then they go unmet. He just don't answer. It, it, it seems like he's not listening. Oh. I'm not preaching to you, Shannon. I'm, maybe I'm preaching to Elmer or the people behind you. Tiffany, I'm not preaching to you. If, if, I'm preaching, if I'm preaching to your neighbor, would you turn around and ask them, how do you deal with expectations? Go ahead and ask them. How do you deal with unmet expectations? Mm. That's, that's the question on the floor this morning. How do we deal with unmet expectations? I'm a good person. I do good things. I serve a good God. Where are you at, Lord? There's a familiar passage of scripture that sets the framework for where we want to go today, for where we're going to nestle down. And that passage is in John chapter 11. It'll be on the screen in a moment. If you'll meet me in John 11, chapter, uh, verse 1, I'm reading from the New, Li- New Living Translation this morning. It says in John 11, verse 1, a man named Lazarus was sick. Everybody say Lazarus. Lazarus. Have y'all heard this story before? Y'all know the story of Lazarus? Okay. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his, sister, with his sisters. Now, when, when the scriptures give you certain things, you have to ask yourself, why are they saying where he, was, where he lived? He's sick. He lives in Bethany, right? When I'm reading the text, I'm asking myself. I hope you learn from my example. Read the text and ask the question, why is that there? He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Y'all remember? Y'all remember her? You know, she she was the one to massage Jesus's feet with that very expensive ointment, that that ointment that that you would save a whole year for. She was pouring it out and Judas was all upset. Different people were upset. They were close to Jesus. Why are you wasting the good stuff? And then she wiped. You know, normally you wouldn't you wouldn't let your hair down. This is that Mary. This is that Mary, her brother. We're talking about women in history. That Mary. Her brother Lazarus was sick. Mm. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus. And when I looked at the text, for the first time, I asked myself, he's sick. Why didn't he say, go get Jesus? Go get Jesus. But it says that. His sisters, the two sisters, sent a message to Jesus. Lord, your dear friend, everybody say friend, is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said to the disciples, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Oh, man, you missed your moment. What you're going to go through when God, when God delays an answer, when God delays a response, what you're going to go through is not for, not for you, but for those that are around you, that are connected to you, to see the glory of God. When God delays, he's not worried about the trouble. He's worried about the timing. Amen? Oh, my goodness. If, mm, mm, mm. Oh, let me get to this. Let me get to this. 
No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. See, what, what was going on behind the scenes, if I can give you some context so you can un- appreciate the content, what's going on, it was near the Passover season, right? And so many people gathered during the Passover time. And, and it says in chapter 10 that, 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 um, that Jesus was, was talking to the lar- large crowd of people, and he was telling them that he was the son of God. And so the religious leaders wanted to stone him. They wanted to arrest him and kill him. And so Jesus leaves Bethany. And he goes off about a, a day away. He travels only like two miles, not to Jerusalem, but the crowds gathering in Jeru- Jerusalem for the Passover. You follow me? Say, Pastor, I follow you. And so the, the Lazarus sickness is also making a buzz because this was Jesus. This was Jesus. Uh, uh, dude, this, this was Jesus's friends, Mary, Martha, his family. When he went, did ministry, he did ministry in Bethany at their house. So everybody know. Did y'all ever had that house growing up where everybody kind of congregated around? And that, that one mama was the family mama. You know, everybody. She took care of everybody. She fed everybody. Everybody hung out at your house. So, so Jesus was, was, was allowing some things to work as the people were gathering in, in the vicinity at this time for, for the Passover, where they were gathering in Bethany and, and, and they're making their way to the Passover. Just giving, just setting the stage for what's going on, because we're only going to go for like six verses. Your homework, you know, I like to give you homework, is to what? Read the whole chapter when you get home. Verse five. To receive glory from this. So, all, although Jesus loved Mary, uh, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, when he got the news, when he got the news, when he got the news, when he got the news. And it, it, it didn't say he got up and took his, put on his cloak and took off running. It didn't say he, he rented a car and, and traveled on down there. It said that he stayed two more days. Your friend, Anderson, who you love, is sick. And he stayed two more days. Because he said the sickness isn't to death. Now, we know the end of the story. Lazarus dies, right? And, and, I, and I thought about this, church. I thought about this. This is what's interesting. They told Jesus he was sick, but nobody told him he was going to die. Jesus later tells the disciples, he's gone. He's gone, but I'm glad because he's about to do some stuff. He's about to do some stuff. So I want to use this for a subject today. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. I want to use for a subject today. Faith for my family. Faith for my family. Charles Dickinson, Charles Dickens noted this. He noted that charity begins at home and justice begins next door. Man, in your family church, I wonder who are you believing for? This passage was about this historical woman this woman named Martha. This passage was about this other historical woman, this woman named Mary. We're going to focus on Martha this morning. But Martha didn't go to Jesus because she needed a need. She didn't go to need. She went to Jesus on behalf of her family, her brother. Do we always ask in our prayers for stuff that we need? Or do we ever believe God for somebody else? Man, if you want to stretch your faith, don't just ask God for what you need. Believe for your family. 
Oh, man, if I can give you the conflict and the climax of the text. Lazarus was sick and his sickness was so serious he was about to die, but he didn't ask for Jesus to come. His sisters asked for Jesus to come. And Jesus obliges eventually. Jesus is only a couple of days away. He's he's not in Bethany um, down the street. He's a couple of miles away, and he stays for a reason. Oh, man. Oh, man. And when he comes, Lazarus is dead. It, it, It made me think, does God hear my prayers? Yes, the Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous, of those who are his, avails much. So he hears our prayers. That's not the question, did he get the message? Today, when you got a, when you got a situation on your heart for your family, you're not believing for you, but you're believing for your family. It's not that he didn't hear you. It's not that he didn't, he didn't get the message. Your prayers avail much. But if he's delayed, maybe there's a reason. This morning. God doesn't always answer our prayers as expected. Can I get a witness? Man. I wonder, have you ever focused too much more on your trouble than you did on God's timing? I I believe it breaks the heart of God when we focus so much on our trouble more than his timing. Because it's, it's a faith thing. We, when we say that, okay, God, this is, this is the situation. He knows it already, but he wants to hear from us. But when, it was all, when it's got us all discombobulated and, and acting outside of ourselves and being in our feelings, I believe it lets him know that we don't really trust him to resurrect whatever it is. We serve a resurrecting king. Amen? Don't focus more on your trouble than God's timing. Who's honest enough to say that, Lord, I'm not asking for much. I'm not even asking for myself. But Lord, if I can cash in all my chips on this one, would you do it for my family? Would you do it for my family? I haven't been perfect. I haven't done everything right. But I need you to to cash my chips in on this one, God. This is serious. My brother's sick. He's about to die. Would you come, Lord? I'm expecting a lot, God. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. <laughs> Lord, I don't need you to, I don't need you to pay a bill. Uh, I don't need you to fix my car. Mm, that's not my prayer. My prayer isn't for me. Jesus, I need you to manage a miracle in my family. This passage is pregnant with so much preaching possibility. I tried to contain myself as I was studying. Um, The Lord led me to this passage to tell somebody this morning. I don't know who this is for, but the Lord told me to tell you, so I want to look and scan everybody in the eye this morning. The Lord told me to tell you this morning that your delay is not denial. Whatever you're praying for. Would that help you some more in 2019? Would would that, would that, would that, would that get you going? Your delay is not denial. 
sometimes God will move on behalf, on our behalf, when, when everything else is exhausted, when, when it is exhausted, so, so that you, Monica, would know that it's him that did it. It's him. It's, him. it's, it's not you. When everything else is exhausted, when, when, when there's no more money, and then you get something in the mail. A friend takes you to lunch. Man. <laughs> when the lights are about to get cut off. Um, but you work from home, so that's going to affect some stuff. I'm talking about dead stuff. Not, not just trivial little problems, but stuff that's serious enough. Two more days. Say two more days. Jesus stayed two more days days than he should have because timing and his timing he can resurrect our troubles if you wait for it if you wait for it Isaiah 40 31 says they who wait upon the Lord shall what renew their strength they shall mount on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk a righteous walk and not faint. Not get tired from doing it. Not get weary from doing it. Not get troubled from doing it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm waiting on some stuff, y'all. I, I was writing this down with teary eyes because I'm... I thought about some of the stuff that I've been waiting for. I, 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 God, I, I feel like I'm a good dude. But, but these couple of things I've been waiting for, for my family, not for, not for me, for my family. Um, sometimes we're either waiting on our situation to change church, or we're either waiting on the Savior to change the situation. Ugh. And sometimes in our waiting, things die in the process. Mm. When Christ came, the text says that Lazarus died. Um, but he came because of two praying sisters. Man, I want to encourage you this morning that miracles aren't for what's dying. We serve a big God. Amen. Miracles aren't for what's dying. Miracles are for what's dead. All of us have something that's dead in our lives. Dead relationships. Dead end jobs. Dead friends that you should delete from your social contact because they're no benefit for you. They don't make you better. They make you bitter. All of us have some dead things that we need to let go of, that we need to give over to him. Miracles aren't for what's dying, they're for what's dead. Why Jesus allows things to die, I'm glad you asked, so he can make it about him. He said, this is happening so that the Son of God can be glorified. So when people see you on the job and they say, man, you know, all of us, got this bad news but why are you why are you not affected because my God my God he gives me peace 
Why did Jesus allow things to die? Because he wants to be seen. Simple, but he wants to be seen. He wants to be seen as the Savior. He, he, wants, to, he wants the opportunity to resur- resurrect it. <laughs> oh man, how much more does he build our faith when we know, when we know we should have been kicked out of school, when we know that we shouldn't have got that job, we're not qualified to get that job, when we know we didn't get favor for this opportunity to meet with these people and yet God stepped in and builds our faith. But when things are dying, if your marriage is failing, but nothing's been filed, it's dying, it's not dead. I'm preaching better than y'all responded this morning. As long as you can still borrow money, it's dying, but it's not dead. Jesus is in the business of managing miracles. Have y'all heard, y'all listen to Christian music, have y'all heard of the group called We Are Messengers. They have a song that's, that's called, um, that, that says that maybe it's okay if I'm not okay. And that's been my prayer this week. I came back and there's all kinds of stuff going on. I had to get some stuff done. I kind of a little discombobulated a little bit myself in the head. Not much sleep. Um, came back hitting the ground running. So much stuff. Ministers, uh, meeting and stuff yes uh yesterday for the tide water pastors um before that retirement you know all these things that had to do that i had to get to and get done and get done and i thought to myself lord it's okay if i'm not okay because if you can give me enough strength to get before your people to focus on your word it's going to be okay if i'm not okay sometimes you have to tell yourself that if you're waiting on the problem and you're waiting on a dead situation is it okay if you're not okay I'm in Jesus' hand. When Jesus came to manage Martha's miracle, he found bipolar faith. Y'all know I like to play on words. He found bipolar faith. It says in verse 21, when he came, when, when he came, Lazarus was already dead. When he came, Mary, this praying sister, the one that sent for Jesus, uh, Martha, when, he, when she sent for Jesus, the first thing she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have y'all ever had some if-only prayers? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Can I, can, I, can I get a pastor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all wasn't raised in church all your life. You know, I've been with Jesus for a long time, but I still have some if-only prayers. God, if you, if you only would have gave her the right man, God, if you, if you, if you would have kept me from making that dumb decision to get out the Navy and then come back in the Navy, I wouldn't have had to stay longer to retire. God, if, if, if only, God, you didn't allow my wife to file for divorce the three, three uh, years in because I was being marshal my stupid self. And then he had to save it at the last minute because it was dead. Oh, that summer. I'm so glad she took me back that summer. I was, anyway, worst summer of my life. In the hospital, doing all kinds of stuff. Just, y'all pastor's not perfect. I hope you don't come to serve a perfect pastor. Uh, we serve a perfect savior. Your pastor's jacked up. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. It's okay if I'm not okay. When Jesus came to manage Mary, uh, 
Martha's miracle, he found her with bipolar face. Um, and, and when I read about it it, 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 it gave me comfort because sometimes my face is a little bipolar. I, I expect God to do some things, but I don't act like he's going to do it. Expected to be perfected, not perfect. Yeah, yeah. So in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Um, if only, if only Martha would have stayed there, that would have been so tragic. But the next verse is the reason why I chose this passage. The next verse, um, it says in, in verse 22, but even now, oh man, I told you she had bipolar faith. Lord, if you, if you had been here, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But now that you're here, but even now, I know, <laughs> I know you can, you can revive him, you can resuscitate him. But even now, but even now, she had even now faith. This is the kind of faith God is looking for. He's not worried about you not being, about you being imperfected. God is worried about you um, performing your faith. She said, if only you had been here, verse 21, but even now, I know what you can do. I know what you can do. Even now, faith believes God for the impossible. Man, faith for your family is called intercession, church. Mary was an intercessor, and maybe you're not familiar. You didn't go to you didn't go to church. You didn't grow up in church. You, or, or maybe you come from a different kind of uh, uh, faith background. Maybe you don't know what intercession is. Um, intercession. She was an intercessor. Um, as an intercessor, um, she she had she played the role of imitating Jesus for her brother, because Jesus is an intercessor. So, so she stand. She stood in a gap. Uh, Elmer, would you stand up? Between the situation, stand up, Elmer. Stand up, Elmer. Stand up, Shannon. For uh, you're you're sick. You're Lazarus. Cross your hand. Cross your arm. You're sick. You're you're Lazarus, and, and and you can't help yourself. You didn't even ask for your own healing. You're just dealing with your stuff. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe maybe you're in despair. But you're sick. You're dying. Now you're dead. And Mary steps in the gap to give the answer. And so she goes. And sends a word to Jesus. And then she messes it up. You're dead. You don't know this. She messes it up. And she says, Lord, I need you to save him. I need you to fix him. If only you would have been here. If only. But she's in the gap. She's between her situation and her Savior. But even now, Lord. But even now. I know you can do all things. I know you can revive him. And y'all know the story goes on. I'm trying to save part two to next week. But he, he goes on, he goes on, and here's Mary's prayer. And they have a little dialogue in the chapter, in chapter 11. They have a little dialogue. They have a little dialogue, and they, and they say, um, you guys need to be seated. They have a little dialogue, and I'm, I'm getting worried. <laughs> um, they have a little dialogue, and, and she says, basically, if I can paraphrase, she says that, you know, God, I know you can do this. I know you can fix this. And Jesus says, you know, he's not, he's not dead. He's alive. He'll be resurrected. And she said, oh, yeah, I, I know you'll resurrect him in the last days. I, I, I know that. Mary was a believer. And Jesus said, I'm not talking about the, the last days. 
You said, even now, Maria, even now, even now, I can resurrect your family. Man, man, this historical woman imitated her Savior. If Jesus is an intercessor, um, when your faith, when your faith stands between your situation and your Savior, we imitate Jesus. And that's what he wants. So Romans 8.34 says, Christ died and was raised and sits at the right hand of God, always interceding for his family. My emphasis on the last part, always interceding for his family. And you know, you don't sit down until it's finished. So Jesus, Jesus died, rose, and sit next to God at the right hand, the, the place of power, of authority, of decision-making. And he intercedes. That's his job. He stands between your situation and your God. And he intercedes. I know Marshall messed that up. He said, if, if only. But he's ours. Jesus is an intercessor on our behalf. The definition, to make it clear, the definition of an in, uh, intercessor is one that intercedes or goes between parties as a mediator to urgently ask in favor of another. So Jesus urgently asked in favor for you. Um, but what if, and we're out of here, what if while you're expecting things from God, God is expecting things from you? Despite all, he's the resurrection. He's the resurrection. Jesus can resuscitate what's dead, <clears throat> but somebody has to believe him for it. Yeah, yeah. I say he can resuscitate and he can res resurrect, but somebody has to believe him for it. So would you stand in the gap for your family? That's a response question. That's a, that's a question that deserves a response. Yes, would you stand up? Would you stand as we're, as we're closing? Would you stand in the gap for your family? Yeah. Yeah. What I love about Jesus is whatever's dead is never done. Whew. Yeah. Um, whatever's dead is never done. Christ's love for our soul is finished on the cross. Oh, man, and I'm so glad about that. His love for us is finished on the cross for our salvation. But his love and care for us is never finished. Did you get it? Yeah. His love for the cross. He went to the cross. He died a death. He was raised and seated. That's done. Our believing takes care of salvation. But heaven's the goal. While we're here, his work is still not finished. But somebody's got to believe him for it. Will you send for Jesus? Church, Big Night family, will you send for Jesus? Amen. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for an opportunity, Lord, to, to preach your word, to share, and serve you, Lord. 
And if someone's here this morning and, and their heart is full and heavy, may they realize, Lord, that, that you can resuscitate and you can resurrect. We're thankful for this historical woman in the text that reached out, that sent for you to believe for her family. And so, Father, I'm asking that you would help us to believe for our family this morning. Help us to intercede, to stand in the gap between the situation and our Savior. Yeah, Lord, that's, that's what we want. No games. We're standing in the gap between our situation and our Savior. So, Father, would you ask, would you answer the prayers of our hearts this morning? And we give you glory for everything that will be accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.